My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today. We have a very exciting guest coming on the show, Mad Singers. He's a people management coach and serial entrepreneur. He's also the host of Mad Singers Management Podcast. Super exciting. Guys, I know I gave a really brief intro, but I'm going to go ahead and allow Mads to fill in the gaps and tell us a bit of his story as to how he got to where he is right now. I mean, he's got so many different companies on the go and he's got a lot under his belt. So we'll have some, we'll have a lot of value added to our conversation today. Welcome to the show, Mads. How are you? Thank you very much, Prith. I am fantastic. And thank you very much for letting me join you today. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely busy. Uh, my my passion in in life, if you will, is is people and managing people and managing people effectively. So many people out there start businesses and hire people, promote people into leadership roles, but they don't actually know how to manage well. And that is the gap that I'm sort of trying to pluck, generally, and and really help entrepreneurs become better at people management, right? Because it it makes such a big difference. Like so many people get stuck at having two, three, four, five, less than 10 staff somewhere, right? Because they, they don't know how to manage them and they don't know how to grow and delegate and all this right. stuff. And yeah, that's that's the, that's help needed is, is usually the case. So besides that, I run a whole pile of businesses. So uh, I love starting business. I love building management teams. Uh, I bought some businesses and putting, putting the right team in place, making it really play well and letting them run the business is, is really my passion. So uh, I really honestly don't mind what the business does. Uh, I just have a fun time putting a great team together and making sure they they have a great time and, and doing things they enjoy doing. Uh, yeah, that's my passion. Incredible. Well, I love what you're doing. What would you say is the most difficult thing when putting a good team together? Any challenges that you happen to see like quite often in putting together a really good team and how do you overcome it? Yeah, that's, that's two things. I mean, I think that the first one is actually understanding people and understanding that people is different. So very often you can hire someone and they can be a great person, but you put them in the wrong role. So actually learning to understand how does people as individuals fit in what are they naturally gifted at? What are the things they're naturally good at? And, and making sure you align people in roles where that is. A lot of the time, entrepreneurs, they just hire people and they put them in the role where they need it, but they don't necessarily align who do I need and does that match the the, the role I have uh, available, right? So I think I think hiring the right people really or putting, the, putting your people in the right sort of roles is probably the the biggest challenge and, and most of the times because people it, learning to understand humans and, and learning to understand sort of natural strengths and weaknesses of different humans takes a little bit of time uh, but that's probably one of the sort of biggest things that that I work with my clients on the, the second thing and the, the biggest barrier for most people is is learning to delegate right when when you're not uh, sort of a born delegator which very few people are uh, then 
you know, really learning to delegate effectively and learning to give staff responsibility and ownership and so on. That's that's the biggest thing. And unfortunately, there are so many uh, not very good uh, pieces of advice out there on the internet in terms of how to do it. So uh, that that's probably the two things that are the biggest uh, barriers, if you will. Interesting. Yeah, I, I wondered if there was something that you know, that you noticed every, almost every time you, you know, go in and try to build these um, amazing teams, if there was a, something that happened quite often. So interesting. Now tell me a little bit about, I know you touched on what you do exactly in the business, but how do you go about delivering your offer and where are you at with all of that today? What is that like? What's that process like? Yeah, so actually my my first two businesses were built entirely without even a website. So when I first wow. started my first two companies, even my coaching, you know, I was I was first in the corporate world, I left the corporate world, I had a bunch of good connection, a good network. And when I left the corporate world, I, I attended a lot of conferences, I was speaking at a lot of events, and you know, I, I filled my client pipelines up without ever getting to the point of building a website. So wow. it took at least a couple of years um, building, I built a big outsourcing company in the Philippines, and I think we had more than 100 staff before we finally eventually ended up building a website and so on, right? So so it was, uh, that. that's definitely been an interesting journey. Uh, I'll say my my focus generally is networking, right? I, I believe business and I mean life in general is about is about humans. It's about people. It's about knowing knowing not just the right people, but I, I look at it as a simple numbers game. If you meet a hundred people, there's probably going to be two or three people in there that's going to be absolutely amazing and change your life, right? So realistically, the more people you get to know, the better your life will be, and that's your private life. Your but romantic life, all even your, your your business life, uh, all of it, right? Because so many people as entrepreneurs, they sit at home, they're staying in the computer, they're trying to do things. But but realistically, if you want to succeed in business, it's going out there, meeting like-minded people, uh, getting input from from all sorts of different angles, and 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 building network. Because reality is, most successful people become successful at the back of others. Right, people help each other, and 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 that's that's so critically important, right? And particularly when you have a small business, right? It, it's easy to put something up on social media, or whatever. But but actually building trust with people enough to make them pay you money is often so much easier in person, right? Like I, I a lot of my coaching, for example, like I typically start at you know usually at least a couple of grand, um, and and. To, to get someone to pay you a couple of grand without them ever having met you is, is quite difficult. But if people have met you, or if they have very good recommendations, then it becomes a lot easier, right? So if you actually go out in the world, meet people, um, or, or like we're doing here, podcasting, uh, that, that's two of my favorite ways to, to build connection and build network, right? Absolutely. And you're right. Like those, those relationships are so big. Like who do you know? And networking and who do they know? And like you said, they, you, people help each other out. They want to help each other out. But however, um, when they know, like, and trust you and you have a relationship in person or over podcasting it makes things much simpler, you know, in regards to a sales process or people trusting, you know, so. Yep. And I'm 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 so surprised because one one of my favorite techniques, like if I I, I travel a lot, I've lived in many continents, and I I, I like getting around, uh, to put it politely. Uh, one of my favorite techniques is literally open LinkedIn, search for some kind of people that I'm interested in meeting. So that could be entrepreneurs or whatever. 
literally sending out 50 messages and say, hey, I'm new in town. I'd love to grab a coffee. If you're free, let me know. And Oh my gosh, you know, what a good idea. I, I typically get five, 10 replies or something like that, even in places I've left, actually lived for a period of time, right? But it's a great idea. It's a simple way just to meet some new people and a whole pile of people will say no. But the thing is, no one else does this, right? So it's like so many people is like, wow, someone's actually taking initiative and doing something. Um, this is a and that, great thing yeah. to do. I love that idea it because you're you're meeting well. entrepreneurs on on an entrepreneurial level, but also in person to make a relationship. And who knows who they know, or if maybe you guys can, you know, col- uh, collaborate or something. Very very yeah. interesting. I like that. And, so and, tell and me, the reality about- is you, you you can do whatever whatever niche you're in. You can do the same thing with clients, right? Like so, I, I work 100%. a lot with companies companies in the SEO industry, for example. And they all go to SEO events, but their clients is not SEOs. Their clients is roofers or plumbers or whatever. So if they learn to go to a roofing event, and if they actually learn to spend time with their clients instead of spending time with their peers, mm-hmm. that makes it easier to get clients as well. Absolutely agree with you. Yeah. And then as they start doing that, say they go to roofers or something like that, those roofers could refer them those like, you know, and then it's almost like a snowball effect. If you're spending that time with the clients rather than the peers. Yeah. I like that. I like that model. I like that model a lot. And just don't be over salesy. Like so many people, they're like, Oh, you're a roofer. I'll I'll sell you stuff. Right. Like just be helpful. Tell people what you do. And you know, if people have problems, ask, give them advice or whatever, but be a, be, be a great human being, help your fellow human. And, you know, eventually people will, will automatically add two or two together and say, hey, this person is nice. They're, they're good to be around and, you know, they're trustworthy. You know, maybe I should give them some of my money. Absolutely. As long as you're not just in it for the sale. I mean, if you're not just in it for the sale, things work out so much better. You're not attached to that outcome. You're building relationships and then the money flows in afterwards, right? So actually care about, you know, their pain and challenges and struggles. And if you have a solution, offer it and, and leave it at that, you know? So tell me a little bit about, um, what you look for in a coach. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we can go so many different angles within that question. So it's a good one. Definitely. Definitely. So I've had a lot of coaches over the years. So I started, uh, just super brief background story. So I started in the corporate world in, in a company called Xerox uh, many years ago, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, I started out initially and my thoughts were all on IT. Now I was lucky enough to have a get a boss that was an amazing manager. And my, my point of view basically went, I want to do what she does. And realistically, I was only 18 at the time. I didn't want to go back to school and study management and so on. So, so basically, my, my journey through that was basically rigorous self-development, right? And what that meant was basically, you know, I invested a fair chunk of my own cash at, at a very early age, in, both in materials like books and so on, but also going to events, finding mentors, finding coaches, uh, both within the company I was in, but also other companies, Um so I've had a lot of coaches over the years, both in, in management and so on. But also, I mean, whenever I'm doing something, whenever I'm doing something new, when I start working out, I go and find a coach because, you know, you can shortcut your journey so much by having someone next to you that know what to do, right? So 
anytime I do something, I, I always look for a coach that have been there and done that because they're, they'll basically make the, the journey I have to take significantly less, which means I can right. learn and master a lot more in a much shorter time, right? So what I look for depends a little bit on the stage I'm at, and it depends a little bit of, on, on the particular things that I'm developing, right? So if we take, uh, I've had a, a quite a few personal trainers, for example. And if we take that as an example, I, I typically look for people who not necessarily just a fit, obviously, you know, they need to be some some kind of fit, but it's right. not really my criteria in that sense. So my core focus is finding people that want to understand my goal, what I'm trying to achieve and have a very good overall understanding of the different aspects. So not just, you know, are you lifting things the right way, but also understanding like, what are you eating? What, what are other sort of health things around it? That's important to understand, right? So right. In, in that kind of way, I, I like looking at it at a holistic level and seeing, you know, if I'm starting at a low level, I want someone who is generally have a good understanding so that I can learn a little bit about everything rather than a particular expert at something. Now, when you get into something, when you when you start mastering it and start being good at it, then it makes much more sense to look at people who are very specialized, right? So, for example, in in my marketing adventures, um, I, I have no marketing skills whatsoever, but I've had quite a few coaches uh, help me over the years, and I've I've had coaches that have been very very specific to, you know, someone that is specifically focused on building courses and was a coach and teaching people how to put together an effective course. And I worked with, with her for about six months or so. It was a shorter engagement, but the whole point was that it was someone that was extremely good at exactly what I needed at the time. So I wasn't looking for sort of the generic advice, the, the sort of someone that knew a whole bunch of everything. And I was looking for someone very specific with a very particular skill set. Um, so it depends she met very the much criteria. on the situation. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Like every situation is different. Yeah. But I think the fact that if you, when you find that coach that's, you know, meeting those needs at the time, I mean, you don't have to have the same coach for years. You can have all kinds oh. of different coaches. Right. And that's, uh, that's actually the beauty in it. I find for different yeah, aspects same, in your life. The same with mentors. I mean, I've, I've had mentors that are had for probably 20 years and you know we still speak once in a while uh, not necessarily every week or every month but we still speak and have a have a long chat once in a while um and then i have people you know who come in my life who are there for a year or two years or something and you know we're, we're then on, on, in different directions or whatever um so so again i i I look for it as a knowledge coaches for me is a knowledge acquisition tool more than anything, or particularly when you're an entrepreneur, you often feel alone and having someone to share with and having someone that knows your business and, you know, you can ask them a question and they have a, they have a good view of what you're doing. Like that can be extremely helpful. Right. So I, I had a lot of, a lot of that in the beginning when I started out my businesses and now I have quite a few clients that I'm, talking with once a month and the, the thing is I, I understand their business inside out so the way they can talk with me the way they can get feedback on ideas and so on is is so much different than if they ask a random peer or something like that right 100 you mentioned mentorship uh I actually was talking with someone on an interview earlier today and, and you mentioned being alone as an entrepreneur and yeah I heard that I hear that quite often you know, it's lonely at the top sometimes, right? Um, do you have... <laughs> doesn't have to be at the top. doesn't have to no, be at the top. No, it can be throughout it's, the journey. 
if you are hiding in a basement somewhere trying to make a business uh, run, that can be just as lonely. So yes. absolutely agree with you. And like you said, get out there, meet people, build relationships. It's huge. It's huge network. Now, tell me a little bit about if you have any mentor inspiration. I mean, you've you've been coached and you have coached over the years and had more mentors of your own. Is there anything that's stuck for as long as you can remember that's really helped you through the journey? Um. I, I think, as I mentioned earlier, particularly the, the skill of understanding humans is probably the most valuable thing that I've ever learned. And that came from, like, my initial inspiration and that came from one of my coaches, right? But that's that's probably been the biggest change for me and the biggest value that I've ever learned. And I spent a lot of time teaching that uh, because I... I I see the value it's given me uh, all over my life, right? Not just in business right. again, but private life as well. And yeah, that that's been such a game changer. So so really, like learning to understand human beings, people that are like you are usually easy. So if you if you hang out with people that think and breathe and behave like you, fine. But reality is most people don't. Most people think differently Absolutely than you not. think and behave differently than you think. And, you know, we all have this situation, like this experience once in a while where you're like, why would any human being do that? Right. Like we all experience that sometimes. And it's just simply just because they come at life, they think about things in a totally different way than you. And if you learn to understand that and therefore understand how other people think and how they, why they behave like they do, that that's just a, a huge game changer in general. So I would say that's probably the biggest, the biggest thing that I've taken with me since yeah, my early teens, probably. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Mads, would you mind kind of diving into podcasting now? Um, what were your intentions behind it? Where are you at today with it? And yeah. we can go from there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, I, like most other things, I see podcasting as a networking tool more than anything. So I agree. obviously it's great to provide great content for your audience. Amazing. Uh, I, I think the, and, and, you know, some people might, might take offense of this, but I think uh, podcasting is the best networking tool out there. There's a lot of people that if you shoot their message and say, hey, do you want to get on the phone for a, a quick call and have a chat or whatever? They're like, yeah, I don't have time. But those same people, if you ask them, hey, do you want to come and do a podcast? They're like, yeah, sure, no problem. Right. So, so my experience is that you get basically get access to a, you, you You come into contact with people that you otherwise probably wouldn't have. If you didn't right. podcast with them right now, obviously this is not everyone, but, but a lot of people are more available in those scenarios. And reality is, you know, I mean, I always schedule an hour for a podcast and the podcast take about half the time. And then you have a bunch of time to do networking and connect with the person afterwards and so on. Right. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to take a, a full hour, but, but, you know, you, you have the ability and, you know, sometimes you can help them big time. Sometimes they can help you, but just the ability again, to connect with a person, to understand their story, to, to see some of their background. Um, many of the people actually that, I've connected with over the years. Uh, I'm doing a big event here in Vietnam uh, in a month's time or so uh, with about 20 speakers. And I, I think four or five of those speakers I've met through podcasting as example. Right? So lots, lots and lots of good networking comes from it. Now, you can look at it from a business point of view as well. Uh, a very good friend of mine with his podcasting, he's literally interviewing potential clients. 
And he's not necessarily trying to hard sell them, but he just wants a lot more of his clients being aware of who he is. Um, and that's, again, like, like there's so many ways you can utilize podcasting, right? Yep, there's definitely also a great, great argument for producing amazing content that people love. And, you know, we do that as well. I, I see that as a side benefit. So the way I try and look at it is that my time is well spent if I make a great connection every week. So if Absolutely. I make a great connection every week, that's the value. Now, if I get additional value from people loving the podcast and all this sort of stuff, absolutely amazing, all right? But that's sort of on top of whatever else, right? So that's, uh, yeah, that, that's the simple way I look at it. Uh, we've yeah. loved lots of listeners. We, we've made lots of money from the podcast in the sense of, again, I have a lot of businesses. So we talk about a lot of different things where, where people eventually funnel in and, and one of the companies I own and so on. But but honestly, I'm not doing it for that. Like I do the podcast. I love helping people. I love sharing knowledge. I love getting to know other people, hearing what they know and what they think. And it, it creates right. such a good bound for, for creating a good bond. I love it. Yeah. There, it's huge because honestly, um, the connections you make globally now, just by having a podcast. I mean, you're out of your community, just your community that maybe some entrepreneurs only had at at one point or another. Um, But now you're entering internationally and globally, like the the opportunities and connections are just endless at that point. So how do you go about, you know, attracting your guests onto your show? Who would you really, really, really like to talk to? Go ask them. I mean, if you take example like Joe Rogan managing to get Elon Musk on a podcast, as example, like it's yeah. not just a, a, a random cold email saying, hey, you know, Elon, do you want to do a podcast, right? Like that's not how it works. So the, the point is that if you want great people, putting in more effort is better, right? Yeah, so and making you, it personalized. Making it personalized. So if you know someone that you really want to get to know, and, and honestly shoot for the stars because sometimes people say yes. So if you have some some super idols that you really want to get to know and so on, like craft a solid message to them. I, I often have a lot more luck on LinkedIn than I have with email because a lot of sort of larger scale people have sort of personal assistants and stuff in between, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in, in LinkedIn, it not always, but it tend to be more than self-answering. So um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. Look at it, whoever Absolutely. you want to get to know and, and 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 aim for it right now. Obviously, if you've never run a podcast, if you've never done an episode, get started, get decent at it first. Like I always tell people, you know, the first 10 episodes is probably not going to be amazing. So, you know, get some friends, get some people on it, learn how to do it. And then after the first 10, you know, step up your game, make sure everything's on point, make sure the way your interview is on point, make sure the conversations are amazing and then start inviting higher level people and people you really want to get in touch with or potential clients or uh, I mean a friend of mine he started a podcast because he was looking for a job and he ended up landing a a huge job in the marketing world right so he literally started a podcast because he was like I can't find a job you know let me start a podcast and he was doing that but but just the fact that he took the initiative to do it but that was a whole pilot company so I was like oh well this person has probably got some drive when he can go and do something like that right Right. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. So, I I mean, how do you go about monetizing your podcast? So I I don't monetize it like directly, right? So we don't do ads, we don't do sponsors, none of that stuff. Mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. uh, again, for me, the value is 
promote, promoting and, and sharing the content is great. Providing high value. Like, again, the conversations that I sit and have with people, again, those are conversations between people who have been in business for, for many, many years, right? And they're really valuable. So, so that value in itself, you know, people hear it and they're like, wow, this sounds great. You know, I want to know more. Yeah, so again, for me, the monetization, I mean, a bunch of coaching clients come out of it. Uh, we have an okay. outsourcing company where we get a, a pile of clients. Um, I, I do SEO uh, events. So we do some online events and we, we're doing physical events and so on where a lot of people connect through it. So um, fundamentally, we, we end up getting a lot of connections here and there. It's probably hard to measure an ex exact ROI, but I would say that the amount of coaching clients that sign up with me who mentioned at some point that, oh, they heard me on a podcast is... Uh, I'd say 60, 70%, right? Wow, um, that's pretty good. So now and that could honestly, either be my own podcast or other people's podcasts. Or you being on other podcasts, right? Yeah. Mentioned or honest, I guess. I love that. Yeah, I think, you know, to scale the business and whatnot, what a great way, a tool to do that as well, right? Um, yeah, but also, also just the easiest way to get on someone else's podcast is have your own. Uh, because particularly when you're starting out, if you don't have a ton of audience and so on, it can be a little bit hard to get on podcasts, right? Um, I agree. And having your own, it's like, hey, you know, if you go on my podcast, I'll come on your podcast and that that kind of stuff. But even just people sort of reaching out and like in the beginning, when I just started out, like I got some big names reaching out and wanting to go on a podcast. I'm like, okay, sure, great. And then, you know, you talk with them, they realize you're, you're a pretty smart human being and they're like, hey, we have a podcast too. Do you want to come, come join us, right? So incredible. Yeah, no, I agree with you. What would you say? Have you dealt with any challenges within the podcast um, that might be relatable to those listening as well and how you overcame them? Or maybe there's a challenge that you still face here and there. So two key pieces of advice. I, I have not had any particular challenges because I've approached it in a many, very managerial way. So when I started a podcast, I uh, went hired a person who used to work in HR who had never heard about podcasting. And again, I I, I delegate things because I don't want to do them. Um, so I literally, was, you know, I was interviewing a great human being. She had the right personality for the job. And I was basically saying, hey, you know, I want to start this kind of podcast. The goal is we publish weekly. I want to do absolutely nothing more than go on a Zoom call, press a record button, interview someone and forget about it. Everything else you have to do, you have to go figure out where the recordings are hidden. You need to go figure out how to edit them or hire someone to do it. You need to, you need to figure out everything. How do we promote it? You know, whatever we need to do. Um, and she did that, right? So basically, my from from day one, I, I started out doing ten recordings and made sure they were all ready and edited and so on before we kicked it off. And then now I typically do it like often I do three months batches at a time. So I take one or two days and basically record like 12 14 podcasts or something like that um so that's that's sort of the practical side of setting up the podcast but yeah it has been very frictionless right in terms of actually being good on a podcast uh, sharing value and so on one of the key things is communication right and mm -hmm. if you struggle with that if you if you feel it, you're intimidated by it and so on my number one recommendation and this was scare Jesus out of some people, but go and learn public speaking. So whatever city you live in, if it's reasonably big, go join a local Toastmaster club and speak. Just 
go there and talk. Because reality is that learning, you, you learn so much from public speaking that is not just public speaking. But you learn to, first of all, make yourself slightly more concise. I know I still talk a lot, but uh, you learn to, when you have a big point and you want to talk forever, you learn how to boil that down and be concise because when you're standing in front of an audience and you have a couple of minutes, you need to learn to make a solid point in a very short span of time, which is key. You learn to communicate much better. So you you learn to use more vocal variety. You learn to use body language much more. You learn to use sort of many other areas of, of your speech. And then most importantly, you learn to think under pressure. The first time or the first 10 times you're standing on the stage in front of an audience, your mind goes blank. So no matter if you're prepared for 20 years, your mind goes blank, right? Mm -hmm. So the whole point is that when you've gone through that a certain amount of time, you learn to actually think while you're in the situation. So when you're on a podcast, for example, like you're, you're, you're not going to sort of just totally go blind because you're confident, right? I love so that. That's the, yeah. that's the two key pieces of advice, I think. You kind of mentioned earlier, you know, the first 10 episodes are the, you know, I, I felt that way my first 10 episodes, even here and there, I still do. But however, you mentioned like public speaking or Toastmasters, like being concise and holding your composure, body language, you know, mirroring everything. You know, I think that is such a good idea um, for people to do you know, especially even if they're just pod podcasting and they're not public speaking yet, or maybe they never will, but um, just to make you, you know, work better, a little better under pressure with the camera on. And, you know, that's such a good idea. Yes. Toastmasters. I've actually been there before uh, to one of them in Canada before, and it, it did help a lot. So. Yeah. And it, I mean, some people, obviously, if you're super assertive and outgoing and so on, you might need it less. But reality is a lot of people who start podcasts are maybe a bit more introverts. They, you know, they're, they're a different character where where that doesn't come natural. And then something like that is, I mean, I'm by nature, I'm super, super introvert. Right. And, and I've had to learn networking. I've had to learn to do public speaking. I think the first time I stood up on a stage, I spoke for like 30 seconds and I just went totally blank, right? So I've been there, I've done it all, but but reality is it's it's about going through it, right? So if you want to be successful in business, if you want to be successful in life, learning to communicate better is probably the number one most valuable skill. Absolutely. Oh, I'm really glad we covered that. Love it. Now, what would you say your biggest focus and maybe your biggest focus or desire end goal for 2023 is within the podcast, within the businesses. Yep. Talking to even more amazing people. So again, I, I, I don't deviate from my focus on my mission, which is it's a networking tool. So uh, my primary focus is just getting connected to more amazing people and, and keep doing that. So that's, yeah, that, that is my fundamental goal. So again, I don't I have particular goals about you know, having a certain amount of listeners and so on. The, the way I look at it is I, I share quality content and uh, there, I mean, we have, we have lots of listeners, right? But my whole focus is not get listeners. My whole focus is share quality content and then, you know, the people who, who enjoys it will, will enjoy it, right? Absolutely. I love it. 
Well, Mads, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on here today and, and providing such a valuable conversation and communicating so great. Um, I would love to have you on again in the future, but this was a, an excellent interview and this is exactly what I'm looking for on the show. So if anyone's looking to connect with you real quick, what would be the best way to go ahead and, you know, connect, reach out to you? Yes. So my, my name is Mads Singers, M-A-D-S. S-I-N-G-E-R-S. I am currently the only human in the world with that name, which means that you can find really? me on all social media platforms and all of that. It's also my website, mattsingers.com. Uh, so either of them work. Uh, it's probably not me responding. It'll probably be my assistant, but I would love to hear from you. And generally all serious email, non-spam emails, uh, eventually gets to me. And I, I will definitely do my utmost to respond. So... Beautiful. Thank you so much, Mads. This has been amazing. And uh, it was such a pleasure to have you on today. Thanks for adding all the value that you did. Likewise, have a great day. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe if you're a six-figure entrepreneur. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.